This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And tonight, the Supreme Court and the justices and many others are preparing for what could be potentially violent protests when the decision comes down from the highest court in the land. I want to get your calls tonight as to whether you think this Department of Justice really will clamp down on these kind of protests Because so far, the ones that we have seen across the country are protests that have been upset with the leak that shows a potential overturning of Roe v. Wade. And remember, that was the draft opinion that came out. And right away, I mean, remember, that was the other thing that was weird. It was like almost within minutes, we actually saw people protesting outside the Supreme Court. It certainly seemed a little bit orchestrated, and it came after what looked like an orchestrated, clearly, leak from somebody in the Supreme Court. We still don't know who did it. We don't know where that investigation's going. We don't know how seriously they're actually doing that investigation. So tonight, there are reports that just came down a little bit ago that the U.S. government is privately bracing for a potential surge in political violence once the Supreme Court delivers the ruling that many people expect will overturn Roe v. Wade. That's according to a Department of Homeland Security memo that the group Axios, the media group, obtained. So tonight, do you think that they will treat a group that protests even potentially gets out of hand at the Supreme Court with, you know, basically the same kind of scrutiny that we saw of anything that remotely involved conservatives? Do you think that this administration is going to really clamp down on those folks? Look how long it took them to even tepidly, basically, even condemn any sort of these protests that we've seen outside the home of Supreme Court justices. We still haven't really seen the president clamp down on it. We haven't seen him say, don't do it. This is terrible. You need to protect our justices. It's been so tepid and so crazy. And to me, it is such a double standard compared to what we saw during all the different race riots. Remember all the different protests that took place in the country in the summer of 2020. They didn't do anything. Remember at that time, first of all, they just kind of turned a blind eye. And then any time that there's been anything tied on the other hand to conservatives, boy, it's like the worst thing in the world. But they're going and basically protesting during the summer of 2020 where things got really out of hand. 
People died. Officers were hit. You didn't really hear anything. And in fact, Kamala Harris was actually bailing them out with the Minnesota Freedom Fund. And so tonight, when I saw that this memo had apparently gone down, it got leaked. And this is a memo that basically says that they are very concerned that now many protesters who are supportive of abortion will really get out of hand and may potentially target Supreme Court justices. They may target other individuals. We've already seen Molotov cocktails being thrown at pro-life groups in Wisconsin. Remember, they basically said, you know, if you're, you know, if you're not supportive of this, we're going to basically burn your building down. I mean, there have already been enormous threats. And now the Department of Homeland Security in a private memo that Axios obtained, it basically shows that they are worried that the worst is yet to come. So do you think, first off, the fact this is a private memo, it's not like some public announcement, do you think that this is what they did not want to get out there? And second of all, they don't want to go out there and point the finger at folks who they believe they are going to need when they come to voting time. I mean, right now we have seen the races neck and neck. There was a big primary, as you know, last night in a number of different states Do you really see this administration pointing the finger if things got out of hand and we saw some very serious protests outside the Supreme Court or serious threats? And there's already apparently a number of different threats that have come down. They are already worried because they said that they've gotten these threats, as I mentioned, about burning down, storming the Supreme Court, murdering justices and their clerks, members of Congress, lawful demonstration. These are some of the things that they are already reviewing and that they are deeply concerned about talking privately to different groups. So do you have any confidence that they're actually going to clamp down? So far, it's been very loud, very vocal, but immediately these protests have really gotten very personal very spirited. And remember, we've already seen them right away. They went to the justice's house. They didn't condemn it. So do you think that they're going to condemn them if they get out of hand at the Supreme Court? And how is that different than January 6th? You know, I mean, and these are now threats to basically kill somebody. I mean, this is crazy. And yet, I'm not sure if they're really going to take the steps. They didn't react so far about protecting the justices in terms of publicly condemning it. We do know that they beefed up security. We're going to get to that in a moment. But why did it take so long? And then remember, even in some of the protests that we saw all over the country in 2020, they didn't really react. Even to this day, they haven't condemned it. Nancy Pelosi was out there saying, They're protesting. They're basically peacefully protesting. Are you kidding me? What protests were you looking at? And she said, and they should continue protesting. So is that what they're going to say as they are now privately gearing up for what could be a very violent summer? If they're not happy with what comes out from the Supreme Court in the official decision, because, again, we only saw the draft, but what lays ahead clearly is concerning them privately But will they say anything publicly? That is my question to you tonight. I seriously doubt that they will, at least not at first. You know, if it gets 
really horrible and it continues, then maybe they will. But who knows? Look at what they did during the summer of 2020. They didn't say anything. And in fact, they were embracing those protesters. So how do you think they're going to handle these? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Here is a little bit of abortion protesters already that were protesting outside the Supreme Court justices' homes. Take a listen. And then there were other ones that were happening. And again, these happened almost within, it was like, Hours first off, we saw them holding up signs outside the U.S. Supreme Court. And then almost immediately, remember all the Supreme Court justices' homes? They put out the home addresses on a map. This group, remember Ruth sent us, put it out. It was like, here they are. So what are they going to do? Put now, apparently, they're now thinking about even going after clerks at the Supreme Court. Anybody tied to any of these justices that they don't like the decisions, if it comes down to what looks like maybe the case, I mean, the opinions don't always turn out to be the full decisions, but what now you're going to go after their clerks too? What are you going to go after their, uh, you know, their doctors, their psychiatrists, the person who serves them coffee? I mean, this is crazy. I mean, where does this end? And do you have any confidence that they will be able to control what could be a very, very unruly mob. Here's a little bit more of the protesting. Really heated already. And that was within like a day or two. And that was chanting outside the homes. And then we saw them dressed as handmaids, remember, from The Handmaid's Tale? marching in front of Amy Comey Barrett's home. And then they continued in front of Alito's home. I mean, and they didn't have any shame about putting out their addresses. So what, now they're going to go after, you know, what, their their vet, their dentist? I mean, is that next? They're going after their clerks, apparently, and apparently with serious threats, threats that could include even trying to kill them, to assassinate. This is really, really serious stuff. And this is already what they are hearing. Can you imagine what they are thinking may happen? And will they actually in advance say, do not do this. This is a threat to democracy. They have a right to speak their mind. They are judges. They carefully think out their decisions. And if you don't like what they're saying, well, then, you know, go to the voting booth. Vote for people who you believe will change policy do not take it to the streets. Do not do mob justice. Do you have any faith that they're going to do that? I really sadly do not. And that really breaks my heart because the track record so far that we have seen from them is not impressive in any shape or form. The number to call is 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to JC on line eight in Pennsylvania. JC, what do you think? This to me is outrageous that they're apparently getting intel and concerned about these type of things already, and yet they're not doing anything to prevent it so far. And and in fact, they've just kind of turned a blind eye to the minor things that we have seen. I think they're pretty serious. 
but they're minor compared to what they're really worried about right now. No, it's incredible, Rita. Uh, they're not going to do anything right now, not at all. They want this to go on because they want to increase the fear in the regular, ordinary citizens and the MAGA crowd, okay? They're going to just pour the gasoline on the fire, let it stew, let people just run rampant uh, and anarchy, and they're not going to put – they are going to wait till there is so much damage that it's going to be too late. They don't do anything quick, this administration. They don't do anything for the, the border, the milk crisis, Afghanistan, anything that they have to decide. They're just standing there twiddling their thumbs. It's unbelievable. They've already threatened the, the judges outside their houses. They're yelling, string them up, hang them, kill them. It's, it's just unbelievable. You know what it's like, Rita? It's like when the, they, they went on the property of the two lawyers, I think where was it, in St. Louis, when they went on their properties and they tried to protect Yes, exactly, the McCluskeys, exactly. The yeah, well, that's what's going to happen. They're going to wait till they surround. Someone's going to get hurt. They're gonna, there's going to be all sorts of chaos, burning, people getting hit, killed, shot at. It's going to be unbelievable. It shouldn't go on. This is crazy. It's going to get to the point where sooner or later there's going to have to be martial law. No, it's not. And you know, JC, too, how scary is this? Because it gets back to what we're talking about in terms of national security for the country, JC. And you have to make sure that people respect our democratic process. You know, they may not like the decisions and that's it. You know, that's America. They're allowed. I'm all for free speech. I'm all for people protesting peacefully. But the minute that people start showing up at people's home after people start publishing their home address and taunting them and their family, and now they're talking about going after clerks and they're talking about going after all these layers, anybody associated, and some serious threats, um, to me, this is so outrageous. And I think you have a responsibility as the president of this great country to say this cannot be tolerated. You know, we're, we're not some third world country where someone's supposed to like, you know, you know, protest because they don't like and then you storm the the infrastructure. That is not what this is about. What it is about is then you go to the voting booth and say, I don't like this. You know, I want to investigate this or I want to I want to change this. I want to vote for somebody who has my values. So they'll elect, you know, they will appoint a Supreme Court justice in the next go round. You know, they'll nominate the right person that I believe in. That's that is all fair game. But then to go to where you have physical threats or physical violence, this is really frightening, J.C., and I agree with you. I don't have any confidence that they're going to say anything beforehand, and if they do do anything after the fact, it will be so lackluster. Go ahead, J.C. You know what? What it really is, it's really vapor if you think of it, because there's nothing concrete. So they are taking their ideology and they're projecting it that this is what's going to happen, and we haven't even got to Roe versus Wade. We don't even know what the outcome is. So what makes you think these people are going to be rational about anything? It's just un, un, unbelievable. And you, you heard on Bill O'Reilly earlier, he, he, he stated what the, uh, the 
is uh, she she actually did her taxes, and it's all out in the open, all the millions and millions of dollars she gave away to her brother-in-law, to her, her, her son's father, uh, people on the board there. More of this is going to go on, and those are the organizations that are going to put this forward, and those are the organizations that are going to stir up the trouble, and they are so, so corrupt, and that's what the Democrats are protecting. Corruption, corruption. This is communism. This is Marxism. This is totalitarianism, and this is the, the, the ideology of the left to create a furnace of fear. Well, you can't you can't make decisions based on fear, and anybody who you know pushes that is, I think, uh, you know, anti-American. That's not who we are. Where you know, if you don't like what you do, you vote. You don't take to the streets. And you're right. Um, by the way, we're going to talk also about some of the Black Lives Matter finances later on in the hour here on the Rita Cosby Show. JC, thank you. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And a number of individuals are planning some dirty deeds, according to the Biden administration's own Department of Homeland Security. They are now in a private memo that was obtained by Axios telling law enforcement partners that there are potential threats to members of the Supreme Court and others in the public. Uh, It could also be people associated with particular Supreme Court members like their clerks and others in response to what's been going on in the national abortion debate and particularly as the decision could come down at any moment in the U.S. Supreme Court case. Typically, these cases come down in usually in June. Remember, there was that opinion draft that was leaked that looks like they were deciding to overturn Roe v. Wade and send it back to the states. But when the actual decision comes down and if it goes that way, it could indeed spark massive protests. And they are saying that they're concerned of threats of burning down or storming the U.S. Supreme Court as a result, uh, attacking to the point of, you know, fatally attacking justices, their clerks, members of Congress. Um, and planning massive demonstrations. And the Department of Homeland Security is preparing for the worst. So far, we've only heard a little bit of protests, but they've been pretty vocal, but not like the intensity that they're preparing for. Here's a little bit of what we've heard already as soon as the decision came down. This was the draft. You don't care if people die. You don't care if people die. You don't care if people die. No life is a lie. You don't care if people die. Yeah, and that was just a little bit, and that was outside of some of their homes. Remember, they put out their home address, so what are they going to put out? The clerks put out anything attached to these? Are they going to follow them wherever they go? Already, these Supreme Court justices have had to get massive security, and the decision has not even come down yet. So do you have any confidence 
that this administration will, first of all, send out the message beforehand, do not do it. That's an affront to democracy. And also, if you do it, you will have the full extent of the law against you. You will feel the wrath of the Justice Department. Do you have any faith they're going to do that? Sadly, I don't think so, based on their track record. Let's go to Larry on line two. Larry, your thoughts about this? Oh, thank God, Rita. Listen, first of all, the question is purely rhetorical. There's no reason to think that they will do something. Do I have any faith they have to do it? They have a reason not to do it. First of all, you have to understand something. I don't know where to start with this thing, but first of all, we are in danger of not understanding what's going on. This country needs a whole political science course in what's going on, okay? Let me just say a few snippets. First of all, if we ignore the, the rhetoric of these protesters... Hey, hey, Larry, do, Larry, do me a favor. We're going to go to a quick commercial break just because yeah. we have a hard break here. But what I'd like to do is have you stay on, and I will continue with you because I can tell you're passionate about this. We're going to continue with you after the break. More with Larry and more with more of your calls. 1-800-848-9222. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a powerful story from Bellevue, Nebraska, where a woman named Candy Rath was sleeping peacefully when Travis Harrington, her partner of 25 years, climbed back into bed. It happened around 5 a.m. And he said within just a few moments, he saw Rath began having what appeared to be a seizure. He couldn't wake her. Uh, She breathed hard for about 30 seconds, went limp, stopped breathing, and he couldn't find a pulse. So he got the couple's daughter, and then they called 911. The pair started CPR and mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. Then Bellevue police officer Tyler Andel arrived. He took over chest compressions. And soon after that, Officer Robert Markey arrived with an automated external defibrillator. He placed the pads on Candy Rath, and also the machine advised the officers to stand clear, and he delivered a first shock. Soon after, the first responders with Bellevue Fire and Rescue arrived, and they continued the resuscitation efforts. Candy Rath, who awoke several days later at the Bellevue Medical Center with no memory of what happened to her, said doctors told her that the combination of CPR and the automated external defibrillator especially saved her life. And for his actions, Officer Markey was recognized in a ceremony held by the city of Bellevue, Nebraska, and state health officials. Now, in addition to this incident with Candy Rath, Markey also helped revive two people recently with suspected drug overdoses. So he has helped a lot of folks. And in the meantime... 
Candy Rath has returned to work full-time. She works in her doctor's office, so her co-workers keep a close eye on her, as does her family. She said, they don't let me out of sight. And her and her family say that they are so grateful to the officers who saved her life. What a beautiful and powerful story about the incredible life-saving work that our men and women in blue do every single day. And by the way, you know, I always love doing our Support Our Hero segment. I'm going to be talking about a special day that I had today honoring some great American heroes. That's coming up in the next hour on the Rita Cosby Show because we always back the blue and we always love supporting our veterans and their families. And we're going to talk about that in the next hour of the show. Meantime, it looks like maybe the military, certainly law enforcement, that they may be pulled in big time because the Department of Homeland Security for the Biden administration is now preparing for potential violence following the abortion ruling that's expected from the U.S. Supreme Court sometime in June. Typically, these decisions come down in June, and they are already bracing because they are fearing potential violence because they're getting indications of potential threats, not just against the Supreme Court, but also individuals associated with the highest court justices, individuals associated with the justices in and out of the Supreme Court. I mean, these are really serious threats and to the degree where they are very concerned for their safety. And they have decided that in the last 24 hours or so, they are beefing up security around Supreme Court justices, basically giving them around-the-clock home security. That is key. But what took them so long? And what exactly are they doing exactly? And will they condemn what they clearly are concerned is about to come? Do you have any thought that they will actually be preemptive. That's what they should do. They should say, listen, we're getting this intelligence. They're telling law enforcement agencies privately about these threats. They're telling them privately about the fear of even greater escalation. We've already seen, again, these protests. So they know that things are going to get worse. They've already seen Molotov cocktails thrown at pro-life centers in Wisconsin And they believe that many more things like that potentially or worse could be coming. So why not be preemptive? Why not say something now and say, do not do it. And if you do it, you will be locked up and you will pay a dear price. Well, sadly, I don't see them doing either because they were so soft on the summer of love protesters in 2020. Many of them never got arrested. Many of them never got condemned. And there was certainly nothing out there saying, don't do it. And in fact, many of the Democrats were actually encouraging it. And it's an election year. So don't you think they're going to continue playing politics? Boy, is that a sad testament. And boy, what a horrible double standard. Because you know, if it was conservatives that were doing some of this animus and some of these dangerous, dangerous threats outside of Supreme Court justices' home, imagine if there were... You know, conservatives protesting outside of Sonia Sotomayor's house and putting out her home address and then protesting there and saying some of the things that we've heard already or even taking it even at a higher type of rhetoric, a much more, you know, verbal and much more, you know, escalatory rhetoric. Do you think that this Biden administration would do anything? 
I think they would in a second, but not now. And right now, they seem to be sitting back, and that is shameful. Take a listen. Here is Senator Mike Lee talking about the justices and their security for them and their family. This is a place where they sleep. This is a place where if they've got children in the home, where they're raising children. It's an implicit threat of physical violence, and that has no place in our system of government. And also, how much do you think the rhetoric, you guys, that we're hearing from a number of the Democrats, remember right when that draft was leaked out by the Supreme Court, and again, it was just a draft. We don't know where the decision is ultimately going to lie, but a lot of times the draft is correct. It sort of leans where they're going to go, but sometimes they may change their mind. There may be something that changes their mind. Hopefully threats against their families and the things they have seen doesn't change their mind. Hopefully whatever they're believing, it's based on the law, what they believe is the constitutionality of it all, what they believe of the legal processes. That's what they should be making the decision on, not threats uh, by either side. It should be purely the law because that is their decision to look at that. That's where they need to look at it. And these protests, I think, to me, are horrible And I think they're despicable. And I think that they're an affront to our democracy. And I think it's shameful that this administration is not taking control of it. And in fact, if you listen to some of the Democratic leaders, they're revving up the crowd. I mean, they are really getting the emotions high. And yet they don't seem to think that they're responsible or they're encouraging anything or that they're doing anything. They're certainly not condemning it. That's for sure. Take a listen to Elizabeth Warren. Because I am angry and I am here because the United States Congress can change all of this. And you're out there, you're with a crowd that is so emotional about this issue. People are so passionate on both sides of the aisle on this issue. And we've already seen within minutes of that draft come out. They were outside the Supreme Court shouting and ranting, and then you have somebody like that who's getting them even more emotional. Isn't that irresponsible? And then take a listen. Here is the Vice President, Kamala Harris, at an event right around the same time. She is definitely passionate about it, too. How dare they? How dare they tell a woman what she can do and cannot do with her own body? How dare they? How dare they try to stop her from determining her own future? How dare they try to deny women their rights and their freedoms? And that is certainly that passion. And so far, them not condemning the addresses of the Supreme Court justices. Can you imagine again if the shoe were on the other foot? They would be going crazy, and yet it's basically nothing. They are happy to see these individuals revved up, and sadly, it may get a lot worse based on even what the Department of Homeland Security for the Biden administration is telling people privately, and especially law enforcement agencies. Boy, is that scary. one 800 848 
888-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Let's go to Larry again on line two. Larry, sorry, we had to go to a break before, but I want to have you continue. Go ahead. Okay, thank you. First of all, we heard from Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren is an anarchist, leading anarchists, because she was um, proposing a congressional law that and they, she said Congress could change it. Well, they could try to change it, but the law might be unconstitutional according to this. What might come down from the Supreme Court? It might be a violation of the separation of church of uh, states' rights. It might be a violation of states' rights because it's consistent with the opinion that it goes to the states. So Elizabeth Warren is an anarchist because she automatically assumed that Congress could change it. That's number one. She was leading the anarchists. Now, if you look at the rhetoric, what they were saying, that's, I bet that's different than the rhetoric in 1973 of the feminists who were, who were uh, rallying for the Roe decision because now they're directly attacking religion. They're saying, keep your rosaries off our ovaries. That is an attack on religion, okay? I don't think they said that in 73, okay? They were cognizant of the, of this, of the delicate balance that religion versus women's rights plays. Now they're no longer cognizant of that. That's the language of anarchy, okay? And I want to distinguish that from the January 6th protesters that were law-minded. These were law-minded protesters because if you saw the videos of them going in, a lot of them didn't want to break the law. They didn't – when they went into the congressional chamber, they didn't wreak havoc over there. They didn't overturn and mess up the place, okay, because they, they were law-minded. They were not anarchists. And by the way, Rita, you, could, you may have confused something. Um, unless I'm confused, because the summer of 2020 was the Trump administration that chose not to do anything. And that was a big – it wasn't the Democrats uh, of, of the rioting. He could have sent out the National Guard, the Army, the military he wanted to. And the fact that he didn't was a big mistake because that was – Well, and, also, and Larry, you bring, up, you bring up some great points because – he didn't because there were so many people that were against him doing that. He apparently wanted to. But also keep in mind, in cities, the cities are responsible. And the cities, many of these Democratic-led cities, had Democratic mayors. That That is their first and foremost responsibility. They were saying, don't you dare bring, you know, military in here. Don't you dare bring federal authorities in here. We're going to take care of this. We're going to handle it. And they did nothing. They were basically threatening. So it really got into a very uh, difficult battle that was taking place. And in return, they just basically let a lot of these cities burn. I mean, it was a very, very tough situation. But the Democrats did not come down and condemn it. I mean, as you'll recall, you know, in fact, I remember, you know, there was that comment from Nancy Pelosi, they're protesting, and I hope they do more of it. And then you saw Kamala Harris saying, you know what, um, you know, the Minnesota Freedom Fund, you know, this is a great group. This is, And they were bailing out the protesters who at that point were burning down cities and burning down police stations. I mean, so a lot of it was in the mayoral, in the city's hands, um, and a lot of them did not do anything. But also it came from... There were so many people that were not condemning it. And I was referring to not who was the president. I was referring to the rhetoric of the Democrats during a very highly charged political time where the last thing it seemed they wanted to do was condemn the protesters in any shape or form. And many of them have yet to do it. 
Many of them have still to this day yet to do it. It's like uh, they want us to almost pretend like it never happened. And yet who could forget those images because they happened in so many different cities, Larry? I understand that. But at some point, Trump should have stepped in because this was the beginning of the insurrection that that ultimately led to the corrupt election. Okay, this insurrection was not put down by Trump. What it did was. It gave credit. Although, but Larry, let me, and I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to get in and mix a whole bunch of stuff, but let me just at least say this. It is a very difficult situation for a president to suddenly say, okay, I'm going to send out the National Guard. And, you know, again, we're not a, a third world country. And I think he was hoping that at that point some of the mayors would have taken control of that because that was their responsibility. And they were basically saying, don't you dare bring anyone into our city. So there was a lot of issues as to local control, federal control. um, And I think many people would have just gone crazy had they seen law enforcement in the city. And it sadly would have made, you know, federal military or National Guard or those folks. uh, Sadly, they would have been, I think, sadly targets of some of these rioters because they were so out of control at that time. So there was a lot of different issues there, too. Um, but he was clearly condemning it. I mean, there wasn't any gray with him and, you know, basically every single person, it seems, in the Republican Party. They were clearly condemning it. And I think anybody who is a law-abiding citizen was condemning it. And yet to this day, many of the Democrats, and I include our vice president and others, weren't condemning it. I mean, you know, it, it, that to me is absolutely astounding let's go to phil on line one phil your thoughts about all this go ahead do you have any faith that at this point the democratic administration now that is in power is going to do anything they didn't do anything when they were running for office i don't think they're going to do anything now they 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 represent the complete inversion of america what they're doing is a complete and utter contradiction of the principle of the united states of america and i'm I'm personally shocked and appalled that this has been allowed to go on for decades. It started with Clinton, worked its way up through Obama, and now it's here with Biden. And it's not going to end because you have mega, mega money. You have big money behind these protesters, behind uh, what do you call BLM. Behind Antifa, you got mega money. These people don't care what they do. Number one, they're getting paid to do it. Number two, they're going to get bailed out. Number three, they're even going to have probably lawyers representing them. Number four, the administration will not prosecute these people. They want this anarchy. Now, what I don't understand is these states, Virginia, a statute that prohibits the interference or harassment of, or any threatening of judges of any level in the state. Any judge who is intimidated by a mob has the right to have these people arrested. These people are but not you, but you know what? You're You're correct. You're correct. And finally, by the way, you know what it basically took was Glenn Youngkin, who, of course, is the governor there in Virginia, basically said, listen, if the Biden administration, if Merrick Garland, you know, head of DOJ, the top law enforcement guy who's supposed to uh, basically make sure that that law is adhered to, as you talk about very eloquently, you're right. 
Um, there is a federal law that says you can't influence judges. It's not appropriate to be doing that, that kind of protest to, you know, sway opinion. Um, that was not being enforced clearly. And then suddenly Glenn Youngkin kind of came out and said, you know what, because it is Virginia, we're going to basically try to come in and do something. And then finally Merrick Garland said, oh, 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 maybe we will give some security to the Supreme Court justices. And he did it in a very, like, low level. And that was the only thing we've basically heard. We haven't heard anybody else. And even during the press briefings at the White House, it's like, well, you know, we would like to see peaceful protests. People have a right to speak, blah, blah, blah. And that's it? I mean, are you kidding me? You know the standard would be so different if they were outside, if somebody was outside and it was conservatives outside that were protesting liberal Supreme Court justices. You know, if they even walked in the neighborhood, we would hear about it, let alone protesting and some of the vile threats that we have heard. And now, obviously, things could get so much worse. Phil, thank you very much. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. This is really scary. And I agree with Phil. Uh, This is, you know, anti-American. It's a front to America. It's not what our system's about. And our leaders, and it is the Democrats in charge, need to condemn it. And I'm talking about also lawmakers like Elizabeth Warren and the vice president and certainly the president and everybody else, because it is going to get out of hand. They fear. Here's the memo saying they fear it. What are they going to do? 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And tonight we are talking about the Biden administration's Department of Homeland Security telling law enforcement privately, be careful because we're expecting things to get potentially very violent when the actual Supreme Court decision on whether or not they're going to overturn Roe v. Wade, remember the leak indicated that they would, and if that goes through and becomes an official opinion as early as next month likely, well, then holy heck is going to break out. And what are they doing about it? Do you think they're actually going to put out a statement saying, don't do it? Do you think they're going to actually make sure that anybody who crosses the line faces the wrath of the law? Sadly, they have a terrible track record. And someone who knows all too well about those who get out of hand and how important it is to make sure that they are locked up is Congressman Steve Scalise. Remember, he was open fired upon during a baseball game by a fanatic who came out and he was shooting everybody. And he said, this is terrible that the Biden administration needs to make sure that they condemn anybody who crosses the line, even on a small level. Take a listen. I'm disappointed that there was a leak and I'm disappointed that this White House is still encouraging people to break federal law and go and protest in front of the houses of Supreme Court justice. Yeah, and they haven't really condemned it. They said, oh, yeah, we're going to give them some security. Um, That's about it. You know, and they had to be basically forced to, as we were just talking about, because Glenn Youngkin basically pushed the envelope. This is so crazy. Uh, Let's go to George real quick. Line two. Go ahead, George. Your thoughts. Good morning, Ms. Rita. Hi, George. Are you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yep, real quick, George. Go ahead. Hello, Ms. Rita. I want to make a comment about that other guy, we Larry, that called in. He says uh, that 
President Trump didn't have security on January 6th, and he did call for it. This was Nancy Pelosi's job to provide security, which he obviously did not do. Hello? Yeah, and by the by the way, what by the way, two of the things that he was talking about, you're right. Nancy Pelosi and apparently there are reports that he called for it, but she did not do that. So there's a lot of questions there. The other thing he was saying is because he's president, why didn't he send in basically the National Guard to all these protests all over America that were taking place? That would have really gotten really dangerous. We're going to talk about more of this after the break. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show. And tonight, Black Lives Matter, which was behind so many of those different protests that we saw in the, quote, summer of love of 2020. Well, now we are getting some word about their finances. And boy, are there some stunning numbers. A new IRS tax filing shared with the Associated Press shows that They ended their fiscal year with nearly $42 million in net assets. They spent $37 million on grants, real estate, consultants, and other expenses, and including the fact that the co-founder there of Black Lives Matter used more than $800,000 in donations to pay her brother for, quote, security services for the charity even though his background seems to be mostly, according to reports, as a graffiti artist. And remember, they bought that $6 million mansion. Wow, things are looking really bad for Black Lives Matter. Here's a little bit of Patrice Cullors, uh, one of the co-founders there, talking on an MSNBC podcast. Take a listen to this. Like, were there checks and balances in place to make sure that this, the funding was being directed in the, in the proper ways? Yes, it was a major shock. It was also a lot of like, oh, wait, this, I did not see that coming. Um, you know, contrary to what, you know, has been reported, much of the funding that came in was from individual donors. Um, that was a lot of white guilt money. Wow. A lot of white guilt money. How do you like that? And now she's saying, well, now we're being targeted because we didn't really organize our funds so well and maybe didn't manage things so well. Uh, boy, you had a mansion that was $6 million, and it turns out she also had private parties that had nothing, apparently, to do with Black Lives Matter, according to many reports. Things are getting really messy, and I feel bad for the donors, for people who were donating that peacefully were donating because they believed in certain issues that were important to them, you know, and they never expected it to kind of get out of hand and get violent and all these other things. And now it turns out that, boy, the money seems to be flowing over and over to all these very questionable expenses. And I want to hear your thoughts about that later on in the hour, too, because, you know, Black Lives Matter, boy, have they been strong-arming everybody, including New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Remember when they met with him early on? 
they were not happy at all that he was bringing back the plainclothes police unit. He brought back sort of a different variation of that than that. But he said, no, I'm going to try to bring in the anti-crime unit. I'm going to do this. They were not happy. I mean, here they've got an African-American mayor of New York, um, somebody who is clearly trying to listen to all different sides, right? They're not happy with that. They just want their side listened to, and they're strong-arming. And here's a little bit of the New York Black Lives Matter guy, Hawk Newsom. He was not happy at all with the thought that the anti-crime unit was coming back and other crime measures that would keep New Yorkers safe. If they think that they're going to go back to the old ways of policing, that we're going to take to the streets again, there will be riots, there will be fire, and there will be bloodshed. Wow. This is out of hand. Talk about threats. You know, it's like my way or the highway. You know, and yet we still haven't heard Democratic politicians condemning them for that kind of incendiary rhetoric. And obviously a lot of incendiary actions that followed a lot of these Black Lives Matter initiated protests that clearly many people that were at these protests got out of hand. I and it was it was so dangerous and we're still not hearing that. And yet at the same time now, in the last few hours, a new report coming out that the Department of Homeland Security, the Biden Department of Homeland Security, has put out a memo warning of quote, domestic violent Extremist criminal actions surrounding the abortion rights issue, encouraging violence, threats, uh, a whole bunch of different issues. And they're talking primarily about those who will not be happy if Roe v. Wade is overturned. So I'm not confident that they're going to do anything. They didn't do anything to rein in Black Lives Matter. Why do we think that they're going to do anything if other folks get out of hand even more than they already have over a potential turning of Roe v. Wade. And some of the big leaders in the Democratic Party are people like Elizabeth Warren, who has been just vocal from the head start of this. As soon as that leak came out, boy, was she passionate. This is really riling up the crowd. Take a listen. I am angry. Angry and upset? Angry and upset and determined. The United States Congress can keep Roe versus Wade the law of the land. They just need to do it. I've never seen you so angry. You seem to be... This is what the Republicans have been working toward this day for decades. They have been out there plotting, carefully cultivating these Supreme Court justices so they could have a majority on the bench who would accomplish something that the majority of Americans do not want. 69% of people across this country, across this country, red states and blue states, old people and young people, want Roe versus Wade to maintain as the law of the land. We need to do that. And we have a right. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That is very passionate. That's one of the leaders of the Democratic Party. And yet that decision was just a draft leak at this point. Wait till if that decision comes down, you know, and again, I've said this, I'm a big First Amendment supporter. Go ahead and peacefully protest however you feel. But then to go and make threats and already look how vocal they've been. Look how threatening they've been and how emotional people are. This is like a powder keg. 
and the fact that they are privately worried that things are going to get out of hand. What are they doing? What are they doing to preempt it? What are they doing to clamp it down so that does not happen? I sadly don't think that that's going to happen, and that breaks my heart because I would hate to see protests taking place around this country like we saw in 2020. Let's go to your thoughts about this, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Pete on line seven. Pete, your thoughts about all of this. What do you think is going to happen? I don't think they're going to take any preemptive measures. And I don't even know if they're going to really clamp down on them after the fact either, sadly. Hi, Rita. Well, you know, something comes to mind. You see that judge that the 21-year-old son answered the door and got blown away? I mean, this is scary. I mean, everybody forgot about that. Bit and, I mean, that's got to be the yeah, most and by the way, Pete, thing, And, Pete, I just want to tell everybody what that is. That was the Esther Salas case. And um, and by the way, that was a Democratic judge. That was a, a judge appointed by Obama, the judge in New Jersey, the federal judge who a guy was not happy with a case that she was doing. It was like a women's, you know, women's rights cases and a whole bunch of other things and showed up at her house. And just like you said, it was horrible. He opened fire, um, seriously injuring her husband and killing her son. And in fact, she's spoken out because she knows firsthand how dangerous these things are and how judges need to be protected. People who are making decisions, um, you know, for democracy, for democracy to work. And obviously they deserve protection and safety. And this guy found out her address shows up there. I mean, if that's not a perfect example of how important it is to protect our judges and now our high justices. I don't know what is, but I didn't see people, I didn't see anybody on the left going, you know what, we have to stop this right now. Ba 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 ba, you know, with with a you know, fist clamping and saying this will not be tolerated on either side. I mean, they can make a blanket statement like that if they don't want to offend their base, but they should be speaking out, don't you think, Pete? Got an EMS guy shot. He's not dead, but he's in critical condition in Staten Island. By a, uh, he responded to a person that was intoxicated. Now, what message is that going to send? Is people responding to help? I do volunteer work with NARCOM, and that makes me even scared now to uh, participate because with this fentanyl, if you were anywhere like five feet from it, you get knocked on your behind. It just will throw you across the room. It's the uh, uh, most scared, nastiest thing you could ever encounter. This no, it is. It's scared. The, by the way, the drugs, you're, you bring up a powerful point because you're right. The drugs are so dangerous, too, as well, and really just complicate this formula, too. Pete, thank you very much. Always great to get your calls. Let's go to Mike on line eight. Mike, your thoughts about that. You just heard what Pete had to say. How, how are you, Rita? Yeah. Um, yeah, Kamala Harris should have said, how dare uh, George Soros, who was giving money for the past over 40 years that I know of, to uh, family planning, all right, supporting partial birth abortion when a woman, if she was so concerned about women's uh, health and welfare, she, uh, I mean, she would say, why would uh, a woman go to a... a, a, a a clinic to have an abortion and 
Dr. Watala, no, you got to wait until nine months or eight months for the body to, to mature so we could chop it up and sell the body parts. That was, that's what was going on. That's what George Soros was paying for. That's what Kamala Harris should have said. How dare you do that? But besides but, that, and Mike, uh, and Mike, because I, I, yes. I want to stay focused because we're obviously not going to solve a lot of these issues tonight. But let me at least ask you on the protest point and your point about George Soros, because we do know that he has been providing a lot of money for these ultra left leaning candidates. And many people believe on a lot of these protests. Do you believe that he's sort of part of this group? Um, that is creating sort of now a lot of the tensions, you know, that we saw outside the Supreme Court. Because one of the things that was interesting, Mike, when the Supreme Court protests happened right after that opinion got leaked, which all of this seems so orchestrated. We don't even know who did the leak yet, of course. Um, But it was like within minutes, a lot of them had signs that looked like they were like ready-made, ready-fitted, already out there it was like it seemed like it was like okay at x o'clock this leak is going to happen and then we need you out the supreme court it just seemed very organized and very orchestrated at least at first and and i think even continuing so do you believe somebody like a soros is these oh for sure money's behind these are these demonstrators and, and, and they're, they're a bunch of nazis that they want to annihilate the american people but uh uh yeah. In other words, you remember Judge Scalia when he, he was found with a pillow over his head? I didn't buy that this man went to a hotel and, and just wanted to die and put a pillow over his head. He wouldn't have done that to his family. He wouldn't have put a question uh, uh, mark in front of their, his family. I think this man was murdered. Uh, and, and, and wow. Well, Mike been- and Mike, by the way, I've heard other people say that, you know, we don't know if there's any proof whatsoever to that. But but, uh, you know, boy, things are getting really heated. And when you and when you you talk about now these threats against these people, I mean, these are really serious threats. And there's also concern of their clerks, people close to them. I mean, my goodness. Um, also, you know, concerned about, you know, places of worship. Um, I mean, a number of these places, this is really, really scary stuff. And I think um, to me, it is against everything that we belong to and we value in this country. And, you know, however people feel about the issue, they need to get out there to the voting booth in a peaceful manner. But to be talking about doing this, um, I think that this administration has a responsibility to do something beforehand in terms of a message saying this will not be tolerated because we can't have what we saw in 2020, you know, the quote summer of love, uh, you know, to be over this. And people are so emotional about this issue. And you have politicians that are just revving them up because it's an election year. And because if you look at the Biden administration, they are not doing well on so many issues. I mean, the stock market tanked. You know, it went into a free fall. The Dow lost, what was it, like 1,164 points today. Uh, They got inflation. They have economy. They got gas prices. They have terrible reviews on Afghanistan, Ukraine. I mean, there's so many issues that are going on that they're dealing with. The baby formula stuff. I mean, there's so many things. And they will do anything that will appeal to their base. And they feel this is something that will get the base out to vote. 
So what does that mean between June and November, Mike? I mean, do you have any faith that they're going to come out and say, don't do it before Election Day? I don't think so, sadly. Rita, I think we should all pray that uh, God puts all of America's enemies on their knees. First, we should pray for them that they they wise up and, and take God's blessings. But if not... God should put put them on their knees like a prophet. There was a prophet that used to pray like that, and and his enemies would go on their knees. He he he. God God killed more people in this in this world than any any wars all the wars put together. So we'll pray to God that uh, he will put uh, all of America's and all of Israel's enemies on their knees, and all the Christians and all the all. Well, the and and Mike and Mike, I'm and Mike, I'm gonna pray for peace because. Because I, I keep praying that they will try to do the right thing. But so far, I have not seen them really clamping down. Clearly, they're worried about it. This memo shows they're worried about it. And tensions are so high on this issue. And we have yet to see sort of the boiling point. And I just pray that, that, that people, I, I, people that pray that things will be calm in this country because that to me is just heartbreaking. I love this country and you hate to see people so divided and so angry and so frustrated. And on the other hand, an administration that has double standards that again, if it was conservatives, even thinking of any of this, they would go crazy. They'd be putting it out there. They, they would have already arrested every single person. I bet you outside a liberal justice's house, if it was conservatives out there. And so far they have given so many people a free pass and it goes back to sort of this whole broken windows theory that the minute people start getting even semi-heated or doing small violations, you got to go after them so it doesn't get worse and it sends a message. And I'm worried that they're not going to send any message and, you know, and things are going to get out of hand. They're clearly worried about it, too. And yet it doesn't look like they're doing anything about it. It's like the border. They're not doing anything about it. Title 42 is probably going to be lifted potentially. We don't know for sure. But it could be lifted as early as next week. What are they doing to add extra officers to handle ultra security? They're adding extra officers to help with processing to get more people in so more people can break the law. It is astounding. They are so reactionary. And that's scary when you're dealing with security issues like this. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. Also talk about Black Lives Matter and some stunning new details. Numbers coming out from their filings that show big money to some very questionable things. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about the Biden administration preparing privately that things will get out of hand on a very serious level. Uh, Threats to justices, threats to their families, threats to law clerks, um, and very worried about threats of burning down or storming even the U.S. Supreme Court, attacking justices beyond verbal attacks. These are really serious issues. And what are they doing about it? Well, privately, they're talking to law enforcement agencies, but they don't seem to be saying anything publicly. And are they ever going to say anything publicly 
especially beforehand, to stop it, hopefully. And also, I don't have any faith that they're going to do anything after the fact. I mean, they didn't do anything. They barely did anything during those 574 protests that happened in 2020. And already people are getting very riled up just verbally going to justices' homes like outside of Justice Alito. Take a listen. This was one of the protests, again, peaceful, but still right outside his house. Take a listen. I am mad as hell that my rights are being eroded by a Supreme Court whose main objective is based on religion. And I am a heathen and their religion shouldn't dictate to me. And what do you want Alito to know? I want Alito to not keep out of my vagina. That's what I want him to know. Keep his religion out of my vagina. I make a decision for my own vagina, not him. And that's outside of his house. And his neighbors are there, his family's there. My goodness. And that is just the tip of the iceberg. Let's go to your calls. Let's go to Robert, line one in Philadelphia. Go ahead, Robert, your thoughts. How you doing, Rita? Um, I just wanted to point out, it wasn't too long ago, parents going to school board meetings, not their houses, to school board meetings to protest. And within days, the letter was circulated. Garland had task forces. Everything was in place. Okay. Look at what's going on now. I remember that. You know what, Robert? Robert, hang on. Robert, we're going to go to a quick break. And we're going to continue with you after the break about this because you're absolutely right. They went after parents like there was no tomorrow. And so far, they have been pretty much silent. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, today I was in the company of heroes in Washington, D.C. for the Congressional Gold Medal Ceremony for the World War II Merchant Mariners who finally got their due and much-deserved recognition. It was an extraordinary service that took place at Statuary Hall at the U.S. Capitol And I was there uh, with family members and also with, of course, the Mariners, the true American heroes themselves. And it was just a handful of them that were there because so many of them are in their 90s. Some of them are over 100. I was with a guy who was 101 years old. He's about to be 102 next month. Uh, And it was just an extraordinary service. Kevin McCarthy was there, Congressman McCarthy, also Mitch McConnell, a number of others. Uh, Lee Zeldin also, who was a big help also with getting the Congressional Gold Medal. Also John Garamendi um, and a number of others who played very, very pivotal roles. And in the next few days, I'll be sharing a whole bunch of pictures on my social media and also other stories here on the show because it was extraordinary to be with these men and to hear what they went through. Many of them teenagers, young teenagers, call to action to help our country. And many of them brought in supplies and also soldiers into Normandy. And they were sitting ducks. They had the highest casualty rate of any service. One and 26 were killed. So their stories of heroism and now long overdue recognition has just been an amazing journey. And it was tears in my eyes, certainly tears in their eyes, to see them receive gold 
medals today, congressional gold medals, as they well deserve. Uh, by the way, 250,000 men were recruited uh, basically during World War II, and today less than 1,500 of those men are still alive today. And I just consider it such an unbelievable honor to be with them and to watch them get their due and to see the whole world cheering them on. It was just a beautiful sight to behold and to also see their family members who were so moved by this moment, too, as well. And again, we're going to be sharing. I've got some amazing pictures and amazing stories, and we're going to be hearing from some of the men themselves, too, and some of the other folks, too, involved um, it just, it's been an unbelievable time and a tremendous privilege. And for me to be able to be there and support our heroes, as I know all of you do, and I know how much you love our World War II veterans. And it was beautiful to see everybody at Capitol Hill just applauding them. And they were treated like rock stars as they well, well deserve. Well, we are talking about the security of our country And we're talking about these huge concerns that are happening right now because the Department of Homeland Security is bracing for what they're telling privately to law enforcement agencies that they think that there could be potentially very violent protests that could come down if the Supreme Court hands down a ruling that could overturn Roe v. Wade. Remember, there was just a leaked opinion, but there's a chance that a full-fledged ruling will come down, and it could come down as early as next month. So we're talking literally just a few weeks, and they are bracing, intensifying security, not just at the Supreme Court, but at pro-life centers, at a whole bunch of different locations, and also anything surrounding the justices. It is Really, really alarming. Let's continue with your calls. Robert, um, we had to go to a break, and I want to continue with you. Go ahead, Robert. Sorry I had to cut you off before. No problem, Rita. Uh, And it's not like they got their complaint about the parents and acted swiftly. They coordinated with the National School Board Council to put the whole thing into motion. They preemptively attacked parents who were going to them, calling them to terrorists, but they leave left-wing protesters and rioters go completely unscathed. And this double standard, while we've been talking about it for a while, I remember Randy Weingartner saying these things lead to civil wars. And she's right. What the left is doing is trying to brew a civil war in this country, okay? And the only reason it's not going to happen is because we're not going to let them have their victory. They are going to get their answers trounced in November, deservedly so. Criminals, criminals, Rita, criminals. Well, and by the way, I'm happy to hear you also say, because I believe that is what needs to happen. And I also think good people need to speak out and say, this can't be tolerated. You know, when, if it does start to get out of hand, there should be people writing letters, calling messaging our elected officials and say, you need to stand up, you know, because good people need to stand up against bad people, no matter what side of the aisle they're on. And you're absolutely right that come November, if they continue with this double standard, I think they will get trounced in November. I think, you know, it's going to be, you know, right now they're worried about that. They clearly are worried about that. And they're trying to find any issue, I think, that will galvanize their base Because their base is not galvanized. If you look at even the economy, even Democrats and independents are really disgusted with this president's handling of the economy. It's so bad, so disastrous. 
and they see it because they see it when they go to the gas pump, they see it when they go to the store, see it when they go to the restaurant. And so anything that they could do to sort of get their base engaged, to get out to the voting booth and feel that they have to vote for this person, even if they don't like the president's policies on a lot of other things, they will try to find it. And that's why I'm really concerned that they may not clamp down. I don't think they will, too. And that's really sad. And I just pray it will be peaceful. And I pray that they also have law enforcement at least well prepared. And I'm not sure of that. It sounds like they're at least starting to have conversations privately. But they also need to send a message to folks who wish to do anybody harm that that will not be tolerated. And unfortunately, they have not really been tough on those who have been breaking the law. That's part of this whole issue that we've talked about with the repeat offenders and those folks feeling emboldened. And that needs to stop because this is really serious stuff and you can't be playing politics with it. Um, This is security and it's well beyond anything in the political realm. Robert, thank you. Great, powerful points. Let's go to Norman, line four. Norman, your thoughts about all of this because this is really concerning. And the fact that so far they're not doing anything other than just a couple quiet talks behind the scenes, you know if it's if they're doing that, it means that they're probably getting some really intense information of some really serious stuff that could be coming, sadly. Okay. Um, to everybody out there who thinks that we're going to have a summer of love over this, over the, the, the abortion issue, um, uh, my gut, now I could be wrong on this, but... You know, I've met Antifa. I've met BLM, okay? I know what's out there, and I just don't see it. I think they're absolutely bluffing. I think they're going to, I think, yes, of course, they're going to be protesting. They're going to do everything in my groups do. <laughs> they're going to go out there. They're going to scream. They're going to yell. They're going to they're gonna make a ruckus, but uh, they're not going to be torching stores. Okay, and they're not they're not going to be overturning cars and mixing it up with the cops over this. Absolutely not. Listen, and Um, I and I'm not even talking, by the way, Norm, I'm not even talking about Black Mm. Lives Matter necessarily with these groups. I'm talking about folks who are so passionate on this issue, as we've seen, passionate enough to put out the address, as we know, of the Supreme Court justices. And and that and that (laughs) and by the way, that I think you, you could be right that other groups could get engaged. But right now. It looks like the, at least from what we're seeing on this memo, yeah, they are much look, more concerned about people who are, who, are, who are extreme on one side of the issue or both sides. Right. Look, better safe than sorry. Of course, you know, you have to. But uh, I don't see it. Now, if there's a racial component like what happened in this thing, I mean, well, the left wants it to be this way, like the thing that happened in Buffalo, and they engage on that. Yeah, there's a potential I think, on that issue. For a summer of love, but on this one, I don't see it. I don't, I just don't. Well, and and by the way, and Norm, I yeah. hope I hope you're right. I hope it is. I hope it's calm. And I'm not sure if Black Lives Matter again. Those groups will get involved. They seem to be worried about people. Look, they've already had people throw Molotov cocktails at this Wisconsin pro-life center. We're talking about people who are very passionate you know, on the pro-abortion side and are really angry um, that they I, could be overturning Roe v. Wade and sending it back to the states. That's different. There could be these other groups getting involved, but that those are potentially different people. Who knows? 
Yeah, it's possible. But I, I look, I, the craziest people I, I've seen, and I just saw them a couple of weeks ago, are these Antifa people. And I, I just don't see them going crazy over this one. I don't know. Look, look, I could be wrong. Uh, let's prepare. Uh, uh, obviously, our politicians are completely irresponsible. They need to, you know, tamp it down. They need to tamp down the emotions, and they won't because, you know, they, they figure they're going to ride this to additional power, and that's the, that's the reason why they want this. So, you know. And, and, but, and Norm, yeah. hey, Norm, yeah. I hope yeah. that you're right. I, I Believe me, I am praying because, you know, I love this country, and I'd love it to be peaceful. So I'm praying that you're right. Norm, thank you very, very much for the call. Um, by the way, I also want to talk about this matter because Norm did bring him up because there's some stunning news coming from Black Lives Matter, um, who was a part of the, quote, summer of love that Norm was talking about. Remember some of these moments? This is uh, Hawk Newsom, uh, who continues to kind of get all riled up about issues. He was head of, and he still is, of sort of New York Black Lives Matter chapter. Take a listen to him. What we really have to be cognizant of is that it was a mixture of violent and nonviolent protests that yielded this result. That's the bottom line. America must know that if you continue to allow us to be murdered in the streets without justice, we will raise hell in America. Wow, that's pretty passionate. And now we're finding out, by the way, that the Black Lives Matter group, this is the co-founder, has said that $90 million in, quote, white guilt money came pouring into the organization's coffers, basically, after the, you know, the killing of George Floyd. And she says, yeah, the group didn't really have an infrastructure to handle all this cash. And they made mistakes. um, But she said that now these mistakes are being weaponized against her. Remember, she also had that 60 Uh, That $6 million house, and it turns out this is the co-founder of Black Lives Matter. She basically paid her graffiti artist brother $800,000 for security. Wow. Here's a little bit of one of the co-founders. This is Patrice Cullors talking about money. My life is a direct support to Black people, including my Black family members, uh, first and foremost. And uh, for so many Black folks who are able to invest um, in themselves and their community, they choose to invest in their family. And that's what I've chosen to do. And Patrice Cullors also was just questioned recently because turns out again that she said about 90 million bucks, as I mentioned, came pouring in. And she was in a podcast for MSNBC and they talked with her about that. Take a listen to this exchange. And at the same time, as this money's coming in, you know, you become the foundation's director. How how was that decision made? Well, it's a little tricky because I was already on paper the executive director um, because Mm. for a nonprofit, you have to sort of name who's going to be the executive director. And because I'm one of the founders of it, it made sense for me to be the executive director. So I stepped in to that role. um, And I'll be honest, it was begrudgingly. It wasn't like yes, I want to be the executive director. I was like, I am the the last co-founder. You know, the organization is transforming. We need to have formal, formal leadership. And I stepped in in that role. Did that $90 million help make that decision for you? No, actually, not, not in the ways that people would think. Um, 
what helped make that decision for me was understanding that if we had that much money, we needed infrastructure so that we can, so that everything's happening now wouldn't be happening. (laughs) This is what's like, this was Tremaine kind of my worst nightmare when the money started coming in. It wasn't me looking at people being like, yes, we have all this money. It was me looking at people like, more money, more Mm -hmm. problems. Like literally, like this is like, we're not ready for this, but let's get ready for it because we're here now. So she's blaming some of the questionable financing allegations because they're being investigated by uh, at least one state on, boy, we just weren't able to handle the money. And meanwhile, they bought a $6 million home that now she conceded, yeah, or it turned out that there were a couple private events there too. And why do you have a $6 million home for a charity that's supposed to be focused on black lives issues? Boy, does this ring of a lot of a lot of really smelly stuff let's go to uh brian in denver colorado line one go ahead brian good evening rita nice to talk to you and uh as a former elected official in your former home state of north carolina i know that i had extensive experience uh with uh violence uh because uh i would not uh play uh, the uh, typical political game, and I would not uh, approve any unnecessary spending, which made me very unpopular to the point where I was repeatedly attacked. And during this time, I probably got 1,500 letters from people about uh, creating more lacrosse space for high school lacrosse players. In those four years, I received zero communications, phone, writing, email from BLM, the NAACP of North Carolina, the ACLU, and I reached out to all these groups, and the same issues happening today uh, in regards to black lives were happening a couple years ago, but not one single communication came in raising any concerns about the uh, sometimes ex- extremely uh, violent and uh, wrong uh, treatment uh, towards, uh, well, both myself and, and also uh, innocent black members of the community and, and all of these. Is, so, uh, so, hey, Brian, the- is, is your point sort of that they pick and choose what issues they want to talk about related to black lives, right? That's your point. I, no, I think it's it's that the uh, issue of uh, safety and value of lives isn't what matters. It matters is, is this profitable? Can we make money on it? Because ultimately, the agenda of groups like the AAACP, ACLU and NAACP, isn't so much uh, policy issues or uh, ideas find things that uh, are seen as being wrong and trying to remedy those, but uh, what can be done to increase the income to an organization, increase salaries, increase uh, the organization's ability uh, to take care of, uh, you know, their employees and uh, go on. And, and by the way, Brian, and Brian, and, and, to and, your and, point, yeah, and Brian, I hear you because guess what? Your point, uh, it turns out that the, one of the co-founders 
paid her artist brother, who seems like a graffiti artist, $800,000 for security. Wow, wow, wow. And then that $6 million home, uh, I think you hit it right on the head, Brian. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you for the call. That was a great call. We're going to continue with your calls after the break. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And I know all of you are going to miss this great singing. Remember this one? It's really quite ferocious. It's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious by saying them in Congress or a mainstream outlet. So disinformation's origins are slightly less atrocious. Well, big news coming out from not Mary Poppins, who says that she's resigning now. Remember, she is the czar of the disinformation board, I call it misinformation board, that was set up by the Biden administration. By the way, it was supposed to be set up for the Department of Homeland Security, they said, to thwart disinformation about Homeland Security, like what, the border is wide open? That's not disinformation. Uh, You don't seem to be cracking down on people protesting outside of justices' homes. That's not disinformation. Well, there was so much griping about it that now they have suspended it after three weeks. And they also faced a lot of lawsuits, including one from uh, Mississippi uh, Attorney General Eric Schmidt. Take a listen. This is him talking about it. I mean, this is Orwellian. It's dystopian. It's un-American. The idea that the government would put together a board with Jankowitz at the head of it deciding what is disinformation or misinformation, censoring Americans, uh, is something out of a third world banana republic, not the United States of America, where the very first amendment that is, you know, the protection of people to speak their minds uh, is held sacred. It's the beating heart of our Constitution. And now they're basically saying that the disinformation about the Biden disinformation board is causing them to basically review the policy and they're putting it on pause after three weeks so boy that sounds awfully fishy when it suddenly came out that they were doing this disinformation board and there was so much gripe about this woman who clearly has an agenda she was just slamming republicans left and right and all these other things now suddenly surprise surprise she's resigned and they've actually put this board on hold and if it was there genuinely to be protecting the homeland, well, then why not keep it going? To me, this makes it look so fishy, and it makes me wonder, what were they up to? And remember, they started this, they announced this, basically, when they suddenly heard that Elon Musk was buying Twitter. So what, they were now worried that he was going to be balancing Twitter, and they wanted to somehow figure out some way to counter it? It sounds awfully, awfully fishy. And very interesting that Mary Poppins will no longer be singing that tune. Uh, Let's go to Sammy on line eight. Sammy, go ahead. I understand you want to talk about the Merchant Marines, which I love. Go ahead. I am so glad they got recognized for their service. I'm so happy about it. I'll say something very sad. Uh, When they came back from World War II, they weren't considered veterans. They were considered civilians. So they That's weren't right. afforded the opportunity for the GI Bill, or they couldn't mortgage a first home. It would, they treated terribly. 
It wasn't until 1988 that Ronald Reagan uh, recognized them. So long. You know, Sammy, Sammy, uh, you know, I'm so glad you brought that up. And thank you for the call, because you're right. It wasn't until 1988 that they actually were able to get veterans benefits. And today they received the Congressional Gold Medal. And to see these guys, sadly, in their final years, but at least some of them were alive to see it, that was amazing. 